Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Let's now pray as we turn our attention to God's Word from 2 Thessalonians. Let's pray together. Our Lord Jesus, we worship You as our faithful builder who provides for Your church and also as a sovereign king who rules over all. Teach us, O Lord, through Your Word today so that we might learn to pray right during tough times according to Your perfect will in Jesus' name. Amen. The Thessalonical church were preparing themselves to meet King Jesus. But the Word of God tells us they were going through tough times. As seen in the past two Sundays in our study in 2 Thessalonians, the church was suffering the prolonged persecution and the persistent affliction because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And as Pastor Edmund Wong puts it in the overview of 2 Thessalonians a few Sundays ago, the tough times were not only extended, but also expanded. And thus, we have seen in the past two Sundays in our study of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, the call for the believers to keep on keeping on in their faith in Jesus to keep hoping in God's justice as we have seen last Sunday. Today, many of us may not be facing the same kind of persecution and affliction that the Thessalonical church suffered and faced, but we are certainly not spared from tough times ahead. In the words of our Prime Minister Lee Sen Lun, on his National Day message on 8 August 2022, he said, and I quote, Our route ahead will not be easy. Around us, a storm is gathering. Unquote. During such tough times, how then should we pray as God's people? What do we pray for? Why do we even pray during tough times? Turn with me to your attention to Paul's prayer right now in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 to 12. Allow me to read God's Word from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. To this end, we always pray for you that God will make you worthy of His calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by His power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in Him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. As we prepare ourselves to meet King Jesus in this short one life that God has given to us on earth, here is a quick overview of the book of First and Second Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, a people ready to suffer affliction. Chapter 4, verse 1 to 12, a people ready to please the Lord. 
in chapter 4, verse 13, all the way to the end of chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, are people ready to live with the Lord. And then in the past few Sundays and today, in chapter 1 of 2 Thessalonians, will be a people ready to be counted worthy of the Lord. And the next few Sundays in 2 Thess chapter 2, a people ready to stand firm in the Lord. And finally in chapter 3, a people ready to work hard for the Lord. Let's begin to look at Paul's prayer. He says here, to this end, we always pray for you. Or in NIV translation, it's with this in mind, and this refers not to what comes after in verse 11. It refers to what comes before in verse 1 to 10. Second Testament chapter 1 begins with a long Greek sentence of thanksgiving from verses 3 to 10. And then it ends with this very powerful intercessory prayer in verses 11 to 12. And after today's message, we were together as one church across our three centres, on-site and online, be able to spend time praying for Christians in the world who are indeed going through tough times like persecution and affliction just because of their faith in Christ. And Paul's prayer for the Thessalonica church shows us this morning two ways that we can pray right during tough times. The first is to pray with the right request and the second is to pray for the right reason. Let's look at the first way that we must pray right during tough time is to pray with the right request. Reminds me of a story of a six-year-old Bobby. He was travelling with his father in a car for their McDonald's lunch when they passed by a car accident near McDonald's. And the family had a practice of always praying for those who might be hurt in a car accident whenever they passed by one. So dad turned to six-year-old Bobby and said, Bob, it's time to pray. And so from the back seat, Bobby prayed very earnestly, very fervently, please God, don't let those cars block the entrance of McDonald's. You know, in an age of individualistic, consumeristic, self-centered and comfortable Christianity, during tough times, our prayer request might be, pray for my aunt's healing as she goes for her medical test tomorrow. Pray for my brother who's looking for employment after being unemployed for many months. Oh, please help my child in the coming PSLE or O-levels or A-level exams so that they might enter into the next phase of education and even win a scholarship. Now, don't get me wrong. Our loving God cares for us and He welcomes all of us to bring all our good and real and necessary legitimate prayer requests before the throne of His grace. But you know, our prayers can be self-gratifying instead of God-glorifying. And you'll notice that Paul's prayer request is on something bigger than ourselves. And I pray today as we catch a glimpse of that prayer that we will catch a glimpse of God's kingdom through God's eyes and begin to pray the mind, the heart and the will of our Father God in our prayer even during tough times. 
Let's look at this prayer request in verse 11. He says that our God may make you worthy of His calling. This worthiness can be seen in two ways. Firstly, our positional worthiness in Christ. Now, even though none of us is worthy of God's love and deliverance and favour, even though God is worthy of all our worship, but none of us are worthy of His favour and love because we have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the consequence of the sin in our life is that we miss out God's presence and His glory. But here comes the good news, that although we are unworthy, God wants to make us worthy in Christ and through Christ. The second is, with God's gift of worthiness to us in what Christ has done for us at the cross. We are called to behave in a way that is fitting to our worthiness. Now, when we think of the word worthy in the Greek, it helps to think less of our behavior that is deserving, but more of our behavior that is fitting. In other words, we do not behave in any way to earn our worthiness, rather we behave in a way that is fitting to our worthiness. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 says, Walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have been called. Second test 1 verse 5 says, That you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God. Philippians 1 verse 27, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Colossians 1 verse 10, walk in a manner worthy of God, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Notice the word worthy when it's used. It's always related to our calling to the kingdom of God, the gospel and of God. In other words, the worthiness is not so much about us, but about our God working in us and through us, that we might live a life worthy, as worthy disciples of Christ, in a radical, distinct way of Christ, reflecting the radical distinctiveness of the gospel of Christ. Verse 11b says that God may fulfill every resolve for good. The prayer for worthiness begins with our resolve in the Greek, is the word eudokia, desires, our intention and our purpose for what pleases God, resulting in a behaviour fitting our beliefs and our conduct matching our calling. Paul's prayer request is not just for divine fulfilment, but also for divine empowerment, turning our every human resolve into a God reality. The last part of the prayer in verse 11 is, May God fulfill every work of faith by His power. Pastor David Chan in our devotional journal this week rightly say, and I quote, Every of our spiritual development and accomplishment by devotion, discipline and diligence is God's gift. It is always divine empowerment and divine fulfillment. Unquote. 
which means ultimately it is God at work in us and through us, working things out with dynamism and explosive power to change us and to fulfill and complete what we resolve and desire to do in our lives. A businessman needed several million dollars to clinch an important business deal. But he was having a hard time securing a bank loan. And so he went to church to pray for that money. And by chance, he knelt down praying next to a man who prayed for $100 to pay for an urgent debt. Overhearing this man's prayer who needed $10, the businessman took out $100 and pressed that $100 into that other man's hand. Oh, the man was overjoyed. He received $100 from God to a neighbor next to him. He got up and left the church. And then the businessman closed his eyes and continued praying. Okay, Lord, now that I've got rid of this man, now I have your undivided attention for my prayer request. Brothers and sisters, what greater prayer request could you and I pray for ourselves, or for each other's heart and habit. Then God, through divine fulfillment, will move our every resolution into reality, move our desires into deeds, our intention into action, to the divine empowerment, so that you and I may accomplish God's purposes and for our good as disciples of Jesus Christ. A prayer request to pray, it's how can we lift out the worthiness of God's kingdom and the gospel in our lives today? Now bear in mind, in the context of the Thessalonians, they were going through persecution and suffering. And for them, it was trusting in their faithful God who will preserve and protect them. It's about being loyal to God and standing with God that made them worthy. But for us as Christians today, it might be for us to hold on to God's biblical truth for humankind. For example, what constitutes a marriage relationship. And sometimes when we make this stand, others may disagree in a less than friendly way. But yet we must continue to make our appeals winsomely, courageously and firmly. It may also include for some of us in a marketplace, holding on to our Christian ethics, not choosing to make dishonest decisions when the pressure to conform to the world's value is so real today. Will you and I be found worthy of our calling? We need to pray. Paul's prayer shows us two ways we can pray right during tough times. The first is to pray with the right request. And the second is to pray for the right reason. He says in verse 12, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in Him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor David Chan, again in this week of devotional journal, rightly pointed out, and I quote, the starting point of prayer is not asked asking God, but God 
answering us. We ask God because God will answer our prayers. Unquote. But more than God answering our prayers, the right reason why we pray is to glorify and exhort and lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Himself, the one who is Yahweh God in the flesh, clearly identified with God and ascribed full honour of deity as well. Jesus Himself gave us this promise in John 14 verse 13 when He says, Whatever you asked in my name, I would do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In other words, God is glorified in His answer to our prayers. But here comes the surprising feature of Paul's prayer at the end of verse 12. So that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in Him. Now remember the context of Paul's prayer here. It was for the Thessalonians' faithful endurance of suffering, but anchored in the hope of Christ's second coming in glory. And this glory is the Lord glorified in them, in their faithful endurance of the suffering, and therefore them being glorified in Him. What an encouragement for us as the church that the Lord Jesus Christ could be glorified in your life and my life in the church, even though the church is broken and flawed. God could have chosen to glorify Himself on His own, apart from the church. But the Word of God says here, God condescends to let His glory be seen in us and through us. Just as His glory could shine upon Moses, so does God's glory shine through us. And that is why Jesus prayed this prayer for the church in Matthew 5.16. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We live in such a way so that God is glorified and we are glorified in Him. William Buckley expressed it in this way, quote, A teacher's glory lies in the scholars he produces. A parent's glory lies in the children whom he has begotten. A master's glory lies in his disciples, unquote. Can there be any privilege and responsibility greater than this? God glorifies us in Himself as we glorify Him. And Paul was essentially praying for you and me, the church of Jesus Christ today, that will be the shining, radiant, glorious church for Him. Paul finally affirms the deity of Christ that the Lord Jesus, who is also God, will be the source of all grace in our lives as he ends this prayer in verse 12. According to the grace of our God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul prays, God, you are the only one that can do this by your grace because these people, your church, don't deserve it. They don't deserve to be made worthy of their calling. They don't deserve to have their desires fulfilled. 
They certainly don't deserve to live and serve by your power. But Lord, by your grace, do it. By your grace, do it again, Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, everything in our discipleship journey, the privilege to live, to serve and to give, is by His power and is by His grace just like our salvation in Christ was. Some years ago in a country hostile to the gospel of Jesus Christ, a missionary couple was murdered in their beds by the enemies of the gospel of Christ. And while bleeding to death, the missionary wife prayed and she dig her finger in a pool of blood and wrote three words. We love the name of the country. And she went home to be with the Lord in glory. As a result, many came to know not just of this very tragic death of the missionary couple who came from overseas to this country all for the purpose of bringing the gospel to the people in that land. But many came to learn and heard of their faith in Jesus Christ. Why would they do that? Why would they even go through the faithful endurance of the suffering for the sake of the gospel? And praise God, many came to faith in Christ as a result of the death of this missionary couple. And this is the right reason why we pray that even in death, that God will be glorified in us and asked in Him. Finally, in conclusion, as we prepare ourselves to meet King Jesus, there is nothing surprising or strange about tough times ahead. Persecution, affliction, slander, scorn, social ostracism, betrayal, physical abuse, torture, and even martyrdom. Not if, but when it comes. And we forget too easily as the church of Jesus Christ and as a result, we fail to pray right during tough times. And the Word of God in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11 to 12 shows us this morning two ways. Two ways to pray right during tough times by praying with the right request and secondly, praying for the right reason. Last month in July 2022 in Singapore, there was held a mental health conference. And after the conference, Thirst, the Christian publisher, published online the sharing of our own covenant pastor, Pastor Valerie Chan, of her own journey in how she supported and cared for her husband, Pastor David Chan, going through clinical depression in the years 2009 to 2011. After reading that article, and of course I know their story, I SMS Pastor David Chan, our pastor. How did he pray during those tough days of clinical depression in his life? And Pastor David took time to 
think about it and he wrote this to me and with Pastor David's permission this was how he shared with me how he prayed during those very tough days of clinical depression when going through that tough time quote in the first two years of clinical depression in 2009 to 2011 I felt a great disconnection with God I don't know what is really happening I don't know where I'm going God seems so absent, so silent, so distant. I don't quite hear Him speak. And I feel my prayers and thanksgiving to God are rather academic and hollow. I don't even know if this is emotional or spiritual. But here are three prayers in 2009 that I made to God during those tough days. One, I was walking and crying and I prayed, Lord, it's so dark. It's so dark. It's so dark. Second prayer. And several times I prayed, God, I wish I can walk out on you. But you know that the only thing holding me back from doing so is my family. But yet my theology informs me that while I can walk out on you, I can never run away from you because you are present everywhere. Prayer number three. For more than 30 years, God has been leading me clearly and is calling for me to teach the Word of God. Unquote. And if I may add here, Pastor David Chan, our faithful pastor, has been faithfully teaching the Old Testament course at our IDMCI Institute. Passionately mentoring many of our staff and leaders in our church in God's Word. He has been diligently writing our devotional journal, covering at least 10 books of the Bible for the past 10 years, since 2012. In other words, Pastor David Chan is no shallow Christian. He knows God's Word and he knows the God of the Word as well. But yet the spirit of darkness and depression and tough times fell upon him. Let me continue Pastor David's prayer during those tough times. And I quote, but when I was hit by clinical depression, I felt the leading of God came to a sudden halt. Lord, I feel like I'm in a jam, J-A-M. And after this prayer, the word jam, G-E-M, came to my mind immediately. And then I asked the Lord in my prayer, Lord, are you telling me that the jam, J-A-M, I am in now will one day become a jam, G-E-M? And there was divine silence. Ten years later, in 2019, something happened. Pastor David says, I have a box where I keep the cards that people give to me. On 17 October 2019, I pick up one small thank you card that was given to me by a colleague at our Covenant staff Thanksgiving Day. And the card reads, Pastor David, your devotional journal, DJ, is a gem, G-E-M, and greatly used of God. I knew then 
that God was speaking to me. David, yes, I did speak to you 10 years ago that the jam, J-A-M, will one day become a jam, G-E-M, unquote. In Pastor David's jam, J-A-M, in his tough times and days, he prayed with great honesty and earnestly. And God fulfilled his every resolve and desire to teach the Word of God. And God's power turned his gem, J-M, into a gem, G-M. How the devotional journal over the past 10 years, over 10 books of the Bible, has become a treasured gem and a blessing for so many people, not just within our church, but many who gets to read his DJ even in our church website. Friends, some of us, as we hear Pastor David's prayer during tough times, many of us may also have similar struggles, maybe mental health struggles, perhaps even struggles with our faith in God. And we may not be able to feel God near us in the dark and tough times. But this morning, in the light of God's Word, by faith, you and I can pray and call out to this God in prayer, believing that as we pray right, with the right requests and for the right reason, that God will answer our prayer and turn every gem, J-A-M, of our lives into a gem, G-E-M. Let's bow our heads in prayer together. As our heads are bowed and our eyes closed, as we come to a closed of the Word of God and as we respond to His Word, and you say, Lord, you know the gem in my life right now. I'm stuck. I'm going through tough times in my life. And today, in the light of your word, you teach me to pray right by saying, Lord, in my life, be glorified. Lord, in my prayer, be glorified. Lord, in my home, be glorified. Lord, in my work, be glorified. In my marriage, Lord, be glorified. Lord, in our land, be glorified. Lord, in your church, be glorified. And if this is your prayer, I invite you in a few moments after I close in prayer to stand together as we respond to the Lord in this song together. Father, we pray you will make us and call us worthy of your calling. That by your grace, that you will fulfill every of our resolve for goodness and the work of your faith with great power. Oh, so that Jesus Christ might be glorified in us and honoured. We ask this not because we deserve it, but because you are our faithful and gracious God. We ask this for your glory alone. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's rise together as we respond in this song. In my life, Lord, be glorified. In my life, Lord.
sing in my prayer. some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811 or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.